Hey, this is Michael Cooper of Confunction, and you're listening to Take It Out on the Groove. T-minus 15 
Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Take It Out on the Groove, episode number 81. I am very excited for this episode. You probably can't tell by the tone of my voice right now, but I am very excited. I will tell you who I am right after this special message. All right. Ugh. <laughs> What's happening? This is Daryl Ashurst. And yes, you're listening to Take It Out on the Groove, episode number 81. You can find me at theymightbetaping.net. That's theymightbetaping.net. There you can find the Twitter, which is J-U-S-T-D-A-R-Y-L-E, or T-M-B-T-D-O-T-N-E-T. There. You can find the Instagram, which is just Daryl, again, J-U-S-T-D-A-R-Y-L-E. Or you could just go there and meander and have a good time. They might be taping.net is where you need to be. Enough of that. I am elated right now that we're actually, in a few moments, going to be getting down with the one, the only Mr. Michael Cooper of Confunction. I've been waiting on this for a long time, y'all. Y'all know, we first... We're going to book this thing back in November. Schedule. December. Schedule. <laughs> January. Schedule. It's all good. We're about to make this thing happen. Tonight. Today. This evening. This morning. Whatever time it is that you're checking us out. We appreciate you. Thank you for always vibing with us. As we always vibe with you. I want you guys to make sure that if you are in the Atlanta area, that you get out to Wolf Creek this Sunday. This Sunday? Yep, September the 6th. Make sure you get to the Wolf Creek Funk Party. There you'll be able to catch Confunction. Morris Day, Lakeside, Zap. The address to the Wolf Creek Amphitheater is 3020 Merck Road, Atlanta, Georgia. That's 3020 Merck Road, Atlanta, Georgia. Or just do what I did and go to TicketAlternative.com. You can find out more information right there. It'll give you everything that you need. Now. Feels so good just to be vibing with you guys. Of course, each and every time that we do a show here is brought to you by Funkmosphere. At the Virgil 4519 Santa Monica Boulevard. Funkmosphere is LA's longest running party for 80s inspired funk boogie. Electro and Modern Soul It's in the heart of Silver Lake Music selections are provided by Stone Scroll artist and founder Which is my brother, Dame Funk Whose album came out today Invite the Light Plus resident DJs include Larage, Billy Goods, Randy Watson, Matt Respect and Eddie Funkster Come join us each and every Thursday night Where funk is not a fad That's a way of life Make sure that you come Get down with us Have a good time I am so excited about this interview this is one of those childhood heroes that you always wanted to talk to. And in a few minutes, we can put it down, y'all. Oh, man. Invite the light. Make sure you go buy that thing. Support, support, support. Invite the light. Dame Funk. Check it out. Ah, it's about that time, though. We gotta get this thing cracking. After this, 
You're listening to Take It Out on The Groove with Daryl Ashurst. Starting this thing off with one of my favorite songs. We'll probably play about two songs before we give him a call. If you're in need of love, confunction. Man, this song is so smooth. Ugh. Doesn't it just make you feel good? Yeah. Listen to them guitars on that thing. And percussions. Watch these synths come in. All right. Ugh. Ticket out on the groove. Episode number 81 is officially underway. Vibe with us, y'all. Uh. Michael Cooper will be here in just a second. Hold on. When you're in need 
Hey, we going way, way, way back. Thinking about you, baby. Thinking of how I want you for my own. Baby, I'm thinking you're the one. I'm thinking about you, baby. I'm thinking you're the one. I'm thinking about you, baby. I'm thinking you're the one. I'm thinking about you, baby. I'm thinking you're the one. I'm thinking about you, baby. I'm th
each and every time we turn on this microphone, I tell you guys to expect something special. For this show, we have one of my favorite artists, the one, the only, Mr. Michael Cooper. How you doing, sir? Hey, man, I'm up and at. I'm doing it, baby. Can't wait to get to the ATL and throw down. Yeah, man, you're going to be at Wolf Creek this Sunday, I heard. That's for sure, man. We'll be there with Morris Day and all the boys. We're going we're gonna to have a ball, man. We're celebrating our new CD and... Uh, and shooting the second video, I should say, in Atlanta from the new CD. We're going to have a great time. You shot your night here, right? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Your night was absolutely fun to do there in the ATL. We figured, well, let's return and do another one. I have not seen you guys perform, so I am so excited to get there this Sunday. Oh, it's going to be great, man. We we finally, finally, finally get the chance to really throw down and, and stretch out and do our thing uh, uh, on a great show in a great venue. Uh, and not taking anything away from the other venues and the <laughs> other places, but... This is going to be our first time at Wolf Creek, so it's going to be really a, a great, great honor to uh, step back into Atlanta and really rock the house like we know we can. I want you to go to TicketAlternative.com right now, look for Confunction, and you'll find all the information of the show there. It's at the Wolf Creek Amphitheater, which is 3025 Merck Road, Atlanta, Georgia. So look all of that up. Make sure that you guys are there. They have a new gate time now, so it's at 5 p.m. So I want all of you guys to make sure you're there. I'm ready to talk about More Than Love because I'm excited about that. Your last studio album was in 1985. That's right, man. We uh, we we took a long break. It's confunction, of course. In '87, I was signed with Warner Brothers, and mm-hmm. we did the uh, Michael Cooper run. You know, prove my love and dinner for two and shoot shoot. Yeah, all those big hits, and we we run. We wound up getting hits right on up to '93. We got a call to do one confunction day in Oakland, California, in 1993 for New Year's Eve, and we've never quit since. Yeah, because you guys have still been touring all this whole time. Everybody's thinking, like, Confunction just got back together. But you guys have been touring this whole time. The weirdest thing, man, uh, especially overseas, they really believe that we actually went in the studio in the last, say, 10 months or two a year, hadn't seen each other, just went in the studio and did a new album. And, man, it couldn't be further from the truth, man. We have actually, the second coming of Confunction, Confunction 2 mm-hmm. has been together for over 21 years. So it's three original members still left in the group, right? That's right. Myself, both lead singers, uh, myself, Felton Pilot, and of course, Reverend Carl Fuller, who now lives in Atlanta. Oh, really? So that's why you shot the video here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody's right at home with the, when the Reverend, wherever the Reverend is, that's <laughs> where we are. You know, we, we when we get into town, in his town, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> Well, 
that one curve Still red, red shoes Baby, we gon' kill them tonight Oh, I canceled everything And told everybody That we're gon' have to postpone I'm being with my baby tonight Have some songs on that album, man, that I really want to ask you about. When I heard Big Girl, I was like, he's serious about this. This is very interesting that you would ask me that question. Uh, Big Girl was the song we were actually slated to do the video for this weekend, and it came up that let's do the video to More Than Love, which is the title tune, mm-hmm. because Big Girl not only did I write the song to pay tribute to all the plus size women in my life, which is every plus size, which is every woman in my life is a plus size woman with the exception of my, my uh, youngest daughter. And bless her heart, she's so happy now to be a size six, she don't know what to do. That's just how petite she was. But every woman in my life the past 20 years has been a plus size woman. And you know, we just got to that point where, you know, that finally television and the modeling industry and different things are starting to really welcome and, and praise the, the curvy woman. And that's cool, cool, cool. So I just I decided to sit down and write about the plus size woman and how and, and how meaningful they are in our lives hmm. and how present they are in the music industry, the fashion industry, and in the industry as a whole. And uh, let's talk about it and let's sing about it. And that's what I did. And since that's what he did, that's what we getting ready to rock. All right, baby, go for it. <laughs> 
time is my joint. <laughs> it's time is up. You know, it's Felton's production at his house. That's mm. a home production, man. And I'm telling you, some of the when you listen to it, this time, kind of reminds me of the MFSB days mm. or the Philly, the Philly International uh, swagger about it. And I told Felton when he bought the, when he bought me that, I said, man. This has got that old vibes on it. It's got that old um, uh, MFSB organ, uh, <laughs> the one that used to back up uh, uh, all the uh, you know stylistics yeah. and, uh, and the OJs. Yeah. And, uh, you know all the different sounds, man. I said he really laid it out. I love that song, man. That is a really good old glass of wine by the fireplace type of thing. <laughs>
you kept this album R&B. I didn't hear a lot of like new rappers or something to try to conform into the times. You guys kept that thing straight R&B funk. Absolutely. We simply set out and I am not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Okay. We simply set out and I had to snatch people back a couple of times to stay in our lane. Yeah. You know, we're not going to invite other singers and it's young singers and you were no rappers to to be on a confunction record cuz it's not it's not about that. That's not what we're about. We're a band with two lead singers. Yeah. And that's the end of it. And and we play live and play it live. We'll use a drum machine or a sequencer here and there. But something on that album gonna be played live <laughs> over that sequencer. We ain't gonna just play everything and cut and paste and drag. Yeah. And no, we're not gonna call everybody up pay them ten thousand dollars to come in and sing the first verse of a song or come pay another person $5,000 to come in and rap on a song. I mean, you might get to hear a remix or something down the road if a record hits, but that ain't what we're about. We're about, we set out to do this record in an old school way so it sound like an old school sound so people can roll down the road and hear the old school groove that we do. And that's what we do and that's what we can continue to do. We're here to celebrate the album More Than Love He's actually gonna be At Wolf Creek Amphitheater This weekend He's gonna be getting down With Morris Day Lakeside Zap And Confunction It ain't just a Michael Cooper show This is a Confunction show Oh for sure man You know And, it, and it's all about You know It has been And will be All about Confunction You know yeah. I come from Confunction Michael Cooper went solo and I did seven years at Warner Brothers and I had five top 10 hits and that's all great. That just goes right back into the treasure chest of Confunction. Yeah. And we, we, so that means we never quit, we never stopped, we retooled, we, re, we reorganized uh, while in full stride. So, you know, we, from, from 1976, our first 77, I should say our first uh, number one hit with Fun, 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 Ooh. all the way up to More Than Love, we're talking 40 to 45 to 46 years with the Michael Cooper solo career of continuous non-stop hit records. Wow. Never stop. We never stop, man. We had 11 albums, right? Yep. And I don't know how many top five hits Confunction had, but if we just started naming all the Confunction Michael Cooper stuff, we could put together a two-hour and 20-minute show <laughs> of all charted records you start with fun 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 shake and dance with me chase me too tight uh, you keep going with got to be enough baby i'm hooked and you keep on rolling with love train which was never a single by the way really you keep on rolling oh you know, yeah love train was never a single stayed in the album and became our biggest song go figure you know mm.
And you wound up with uh, Electric Lady. Yeah. I'm leaving, baby. Um, again, too tight. And then you put Michael Cooper on, on Warner Brothers, and you go prove my love. Dinner for two. Okay, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's time. It's time.
baby's house should have been you then you put the go back put the group back together in 93 and you keep on rolling and all I can say man is that this is one this is one hell of a music machine we got going here and it's still chugging and that's what's the beauty of this we're talking longevity which means you had to adjust to the times and that walks us right into where I wanted to go talk about the difference in recording today as to Recording then because I'm sure that you did the majority of this album at your house, right? Well, I, I did some at my house. I have mm. a studio here in Vacaville, California, a gentleman, uh, a place called Sound Farm Studios. Mm -hmm. And he uses, uh, you know, Nuendo and Pro Tools in that studio. And this is a typical, you know, large Atlanta style, Las Vegas, Los Angeles style studio mm -hmm. here in Vacaville. But Felton has a studio in his home. I have a studio in my home. Kirk Clayton has a studio uh, downtown Memphis, Tennessee. And of course, Gino Blackmail has a studio in his home. So to answer your question, yes, most of the recordings of this, these records were done on per, in personal settings. Wow. No, you know, we really didn't do a whole lot of commercial uh, booking studio time and going in like we did back in the day. However, we did manage to get everyone into the studio two to three times to record things live. Like there's a cut on the album called Nightlighters, yeah. recorded live at Sound Farm. There's More Than Love, recorded live at Sound Farm. You know, there's lots of stuff that was done. It was all recorded with everybody in there with the headphones on like the old day. Wow. Uh, just instead of rolling tape, we were rolling the hard drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which made a lot of easier takes then, huh? 
Oh yeah, you know, back in the day, man, you had to rewind. Splice and reels and rewind. No <laughs> rewind time. There's no more rewind time, nah. man. <laughs> nah. How much analog equipment did you keep? Well, at my personal studio, unfortunately, I don't have any of the old analog stuff, mm. uh, like the Prophet 5 and the Moog, <laughs> the Mini Moog, yeah. and stuff like that. Unfortunately, and I'm just telling the truth, because of the compactness of my studio, I have this, the, the, uh, the digital stuff that recreates those sounds. Okay. Uh, but there are some guys uh, that have some archival keyboards, man, um, that, I mean, the, I saw the Ar- Odyssey Where? in the studio the other day. Really? I saw the, yes, indeed. I saw the Mini Moog in the studio the other day being used. Mm. Uh, all that stuff is available in two ways. One, in its entire, in the old school versions, uh, they're hard to find, but you can find them. And two, in the, uh, the down the the interfaces and things you can download the sounds at the interfaces and trigger those sounds. Uh, so um, it's hard to answer that question. We have played things digitally that were created in an analog fashion, so they would sound analog. Uh, so no, man, we, we we still hold true to the analog sound, even though it's it's reduced to ones and zeros. We still hold true to it. You know what? You're my hero. I was seven years old. And the coldest song I ever heard was Love and Fever. I did oh, not yeah. <laughs> understand, but I remember my uncle playing that song over and over and over. The way you started off this song, hold on, I'm, I'm, we're going to play the full song, y'all, but I, y'all got to hear this for everybody that's new to Come Function. I'm going to let y'all taste just the beginning of this song. Watch this, y'all. That's all y'all need right there. What, <laughs> what brought that burning hot on? No, that's what I'm talking about. That's just, you, you know, writers out there will say, and they'll testify, you got a lot of writers and producers in Atlanta, and they testify, man, that, you know, a lot of things just happen while your microphone is sitting there in front of your face. And I think in my case, I just, I just need some attention grabber uh, because it's the, the track starts so abruptly. It just, you know, it just bang, it just starts. So I just injected the burning hot to give it a little bit of spice and give it a little more expectation and a little bit of eyebrow raising and off we go. You know, Confunction has so many songs on so many albums for so many reasons. Each yeah. one has some kind of story and some just sprouted out of just general writing. Loving Fever was a track that uh, among many, many tracks that I got from Felton. Mm. And uh, I think one was, we had a couple in there. Uh, Love and Fever just was a, a writer's uh, uh, exercise for me. And I, I had no specific direction. Uh, I was always prone to writing love songs. My thing was always to try to write to get on the radio. I always try to get a hit. Mm. But Love and Fever was just a little cool track that came to me one day, and we while we were in the studio, Belton uh, brought the track in, and it was really well put together, really. And I sat over in the corner, and I came up with Love and Fever, and we 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 just went in, sung the track, and then made stuff up as we go. When uh, all sugar just burned me down, I remember <laughs> that was the last thing we wrote on the song, <laughs> and. And then I was just kind of, I was one of those people who sung rap. I kind of rapped as I sung or sung as I rapped. Yeah. And since I was not a rapper, I always found a note and I hung on it. And 
it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful how that song came around. But no, no, no particular story, no particular girl, no particular anything. It just was a cool little ditty written right there in the control room.
I called Jay King up And mm-hmm. Jay King is a mentor to me And I said Jay King Tell me about Michael Cooper And Jay King went on for about an hour I'm like Jay I just needed something Tell me about your relationship with Jay King And, and how he got you on with Warner well, long, long, long time ago, I, I uh, when Jay was busy being a dancer, <laughs> and he was doing a, a rap act called Frost, mm. him and, a, and another guy named Marquis, and I had a little, little A-track studio in my apartment, and I remember Jay came by, and they were doing these raps, and I had this little funky drum machine, and we were just doing these things, and... Uh, and it was real, um, I don't know, it was real Shabadoo stuff, you know, real, yeah. uh, real, real <laughs> stuff that, you know, today like, we like would kind of mock stuff. a little bit. Yeah. But they, that was the beginning of him getting ready to, to jump into his Timex Social Club thing. Wow. And me and him began to, you know, basically not hang out. I was, a little, I was much older than him. And he began to make his, his business to double check with me when he did anything musically. And so he would wait for me. Uh, I'd drive up in my ho- to my house and there he'd be. And it would just be weird, man. And number one time I, I, I hired him to pop lock at my son's, um, uh, my son's birthday party. And then we became closer and closer. And after about a five year break of seeing him, the next time he emerged, he was, he had a hit record on the radio uh, called Rumors. Hmm. And the next time I saw him, he had just signed with Warner Brothers with the force, um, Club Nouveau, and told me, and I, and I told him I was having some, some problems really holding confunction together. Uh, we had lost Felton. Hmm. And I said, I was just kind of, I'm thinking about going solo. He says, well, think no longer. He said, I will talk to Benny Medina who signed us, and at that time they were platinum. And he had a production company called King J Records in Sacramento. And he signed me to King J, and then he took the package to Benny Medina at Warner Brothers, and Benny locked in on one sound, and it was called Prove My Love. And he said, okay, based on that, we're gonna sign Michael Cooper to a two-year deal. It wound up being a two-album deal, wound up being a three-album deal, it, it was one of the greatest times of my life. Jay King and I remain stellar, steadfast friends to this day. Mm. During that time period, I remember seeing you on Soul Train with this blue outfit getting down, and it was should have been you. What was that about? Because I know it has to be a story about that, because it was too many names in that song. Uh, let's see. It was basically a, a, a story of the goings-on in, in, in my life after I divorced. Yeah. And uh, the whole idea is when you do meet a woman uh, that you know, and as well as you know your name, you should stop, smell the roses, slow down, get off the market, and lock that woman in. Mm. And when you don't do it, you move on down the road, and you may wind up with somebody else. But you keep remembering that very one, that one person, that that's the one you should have been with. Uh, and it's not that you regret what you did, but you always had that one that you go, wow, what if there wasn't a great distance 
or what if there weren't marriages and other obstacles and other career problems and things and you guys would have nurtured your relationship and that's how the song should have been you came back
Did that person only spun one song? Because that song was powerful. Or, or, or was it any more songs that that person may have spun? Well, there was uh, Love Train was obviously a true story. Really? Uh, it was a true story about a triangle relationship between uh, a young lady and another member of the band and myself. Mm. And it was an absolute true story. It was written word for word how, how, it, all, how it developed. And Should Have Been You was a true story based on a totally different person because that whole saga had played out. And of course, we were years and years and years down the road. And, you know, you, you, you have many different loves and you have many different people in your life and what I call pivotal moments where you, your life suddenly bounces and goes into another direction. Should Have Been You was the song that, that talked about that bounce that I took off of one person when I knew that if I had to slow down and stopped, that things would have been different. However, you don't want to tug on the tapestry of your life and unravel it because today, where I am today, yeah. and what I did throughout life and songs that I wrote about those bounces that I took off of certain things put me in a position I'm in today. And, and where I have the grandkids I have today, I have the wonderful, wonderful woman of 29 years that I'm with that I have her today. Congratulations. Uh, and see, so, and she wasn't even in the, none of this, she wasn't involved in none of this songwriting business. And she met me way after the fact, you know, she met me on the Warner Brothers days. So no song has ever been written by about her until I got into uh, the, um, I should say I got into the independent record game where I did Are We Cool? Yeah. And those songs, that's when I started writing music about my present wife. So, man, what can I say? You, you don't want to pull on the, the little loose strings yeah. and unravel what has already been uh, put together. So you hear that songwriters out there? This is a songwriter's songwriter. Take your experiences that you may have had in life, hint, hint, and make it work, y'all. I like that Michael Cooper That felt good right oh, there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys tour a lot I want you to tell me The contrast between When you go over to Japan As opposed to While you're here Because you guys are here In the States a lot But you guys are overseas also What's the difference In those audiences? Well Up until like The last 18 months I would say There's a large Larger Sort of more in-depth appreciation mm -hmm. and, and connoisseur of our music. Uh, Japan, Europe, they really, really dig deep into the B cuts and, the, and number six way down in the album. And they dig deep into why, and it's sort of like your interview, where you go, they go deep into why did you do that or why did you do that? Or how come you never play uh, uh, Love and Fever on stage, you know? And, so like you like Love and Fever, there's about, uh, you know, there's about 500 Japanese people that love Love and Fever because they, they like that way back in the back of the album feel back there. Yeah. And um, you get that. Now you don't get a lot of that in the States. The States are pretty geared towards, you know, Chase Me, Shake and Dance, Love Train, Too Tight. Um, you know, you got, they want to get those out the way before you want to, they want you messing around with anything new or going deep into the albums and stuff like that. So there's a different level of appreciation and, and the people seem to take a bigger shovel overseas to your music and dig a lot deeper. Do you encounter a lot of people uh, coming up to you, getting you to sign a lot of vinyl nowadays? 
Absolutely, and, I, and, and especially in Japan, they have these these uh, protective cases, like briefcases. Wow, where your their albums fit in there like files. Wow, and they got them protected and in cellophane and wrapped, and they don't unwrap them until the band comes back to the country to sign them. Wow, I mean, I mean, it's so deep, man. I, the vinyl thing has been has been so deep. I one of the things that I regret uh, about this particular record deal that I have is that this company wouldn't do vinyl until oh. we sold a certain amount of records. They should have done vinyl. They should have done, you know, a thousand pieces of vinyl just for the heck of it. Um, so uh, now the after the year is up, we can now stretch out and do our own thing. So we, I can actually press up vinyl and make sure it's available on the internet because it's such a I mean, everything about vinyl, my whole world, my career is all about vinyl. And then when some CDs came along, you know, the yeah. vinyl kind of took a back seat. And now it's coming back with a vengeance. Man, I dig every weekend. And I think I have doubles and triples of Confunction in Michael Cooper records. So um, definitely when I see you this weekend, I'm coming with an ink pen and I need your name on them. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to be ready to sign, too, man. We'll make sure we got some T-shirts there for you and everything. But we're going to be ready to sign. So bring all, bring it all on, man. Well, I'm bringing it, too. Now, I want you to talk about the importance of the Internet. Um, today, you guys have the opportunity to actually talk to the people that were that listen to you you know like as opposed to someone writing you a fan letter how big is that it's really huge and and and, and uh, i must say function we have we learned our lesson we have not utilized the social media as big as we have i mean of course we have um uh we have our uh website we have our twitter page and we have our facebook page mm -hmm. but we haven't dug deep enough into it to engage people in an in-depth way and I would imagine a lot of the old school artists uh, they're, they're just you know they're happy to have a website and a, and a Facebook page but they don't sit and monitor it and dig deep enough to really engage the people mm -hmm. so when we do our next CD we will have a social media branch mm. within our uh, staff that works on a daily basis and they will man Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, of course, update the uh, websites and keep a track of certain things and stay more in touch and in depth uh, with the people. But yeah, the internet, actually the internet saves the day. When you combine the internet with serious radio mm -hmm. uh, and great stations like yourself, mm -hmm. we can't go wrong. It's very hard to get a record played on mainstream radio, yeah. very hard. I don't care who you are, unless you got a large record company with six figures per single to spend on a record, and where you can get that Sam Smith airplay, where you can get that Bruno Mars funk you up airplay. Yeah, you know, you, unless you can, unless you got those big dollars to spend, you're not going to get your record played in a top ten heavy rotation basis. So that's just true. So now you got your serious radio. You got your internet radio, yeah. and you got your internet to sell. There is no reason not to release your record. Go out there and make it happen. That's beautiful that you say that. You brought up two artists, uh, Sam Smith and Bruno Mars. Where do you find the state of R&B and soul music today? Well, of course, right there in those two that I mentioned, Robin Thicke uh, being another, JT being another, um, it's fair and unfair. 
what's yeah. fair and unfair. Um, you, you know, you take, um, I don't know, I don't know where to start, man. It all started, I'm sure, years and years and years ago. Um, you put a Perel and a Robin Thicke in the studio together, and you have one of the biggest songs you ever, ever seen in radio history mm-hmm. based on another big song in radio history. Um, and, and actually, the, 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 the suit brought out one thing that you can uh, I don't I didn't particularly agree with the outcome of the suit by the way as a songwriter mm-hmm. there's 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 melody there's chord progression melody and uh, and lyric and none of those things were satisfied in that case of blurred lines versus um, uh, got to get enough they just took the texture and the idea and when you when you can't borrow a texture and idea uh, and you can get sued for that that's when the whole songwriting thing kind of takes on because my my era we borrowed texture and idea from everybody James Brown um, you know everybody contributed to everybody everybody looked at Smokey Robinson the moment it wouldn't be a moment without Smokey Robinson hmm. you know there wouldn't have been a um, um, What's the group that uh, sounded so much like the stylistics? Um, Blue Magic. There wouldn't have been a Blue Magic hmm. without the stylistics. You know, there's a lot of people borrow textures and, 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 and nipped a little bit here, nipped a little bit there. You know, the average white band borrowed all kinds of groove from James Brown. So my thing is, man, that Bruno Mars, Robin Thicke, uh, Justin Timberlake, all these guys that have this R&B flavor, Mm-hmm. By the way, Justin Timberlake is so true to 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 the game that he busts himself every time. He said, "Don't never get it twisted where this comes from." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He yeah. tells you straight up where it's coming from. So all I'm saying, man, is that these guys they play live. I love them for that. Um, but I also want the industry to recognize that old school artists. Uh, we're still here. We still have the ability to get out there and, and rock and roll. I uh, also want people to recognize that Uptown Funk comes from a whole lot of different music. I love Bruno Mars because he stays true to the live music. Um, and, you know, so here it is, man. You know, yeah. uh, we have set we set the bar. We set the, we set the, the tone. We set the tone twenty five, thirty, forty years ago. Mm. And the uh, other side has borrowed the song, has borrowed it and turned it into a multi-billion dollar industry and the people that set the tone and made it happen. We're struggling to pay the rent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the bottom line is, man, is that there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to make sure the, the, the R&B artist gets his proper due and, and, and his and her sound doesn't get taken over and turned into a trillion dollar industry, um, you know, and that's just kind of the way it is, man. You know, that's what's happened, you know. But what? Uh, I don't want to get too much more graphic than, into it than that, but um, it's not a whiner's game. It's just a truth game in reality. Um, that's why we continue to, to do our thing, man. We, we're not going to give up. We're yeah. not going to give up. We continue to play new music and put it out there. And uh, hopefully the Robin Thicks and the, and the Taylor Swifts and the... Um, the Megan Trainers and the you know, Ariana Grande's and uh, you know all the people that got that flavor and know where they got it from 
will turn to radio and say, hey, look, give them a break too. You know, play me 25 times a day, but you can't play Confunction, you can't play, you know, you can't play Lakeside, you can't play Nobody's new music, you know, because, you know, the dollars and cents thing. And let me just leave it at that. And you know what? That was wonderfully said. Now, you can taste some of this live music this Sunday, September the 6th at Wolf Creek. It's, it's the Wolf Creek Funk Party. And you know what's so beautiful about this? I've been to many different little festivals. They call them Funk Fest. And ain't nobody playing no funk music. You're getting funk this show. You got Mars Day. You got Confunction. You got Lakeside. You got Zap. The doors will open at 5 p.m. This Sunday, that's 3025 Merck Road, Atlanta, Georgia, the Wolf Creek Amphitheater. Mr. Cooper, I sincerely thank you for your time. I thank you for getting down with us again. We will always get down with you. This show is based on music from 1979 to about 87, 88. So we we are deep. We're album cut. We're not just... You know, getting down with the regular playlist that you might hear on your regular stations that, you know, your quote unquote oldie stations, man, we bring history to the music. And that's why I was asking you so many questions, because I want people to know who we're listening to. Like, I'm not that old, but I respect your music and I respect you guys. Man, I appreciate it, man. And a lot of a lot of heart, soul and time went into the making of Love's Train. Fun, fun, fun shake and dance with me you know too tight a lot of lot of two inch tape roll a lot of retakes a lot of mixing a lot of returning the next day doing it again and we appreciate the fact that people like yourselves stations like yourselves can really get into what we did and then turn around and appreciate what we're trying to do and we love you guys very much for it man and we're going to celebrate that on Sunday. Oh, I cannot wait to celebrate that. The name of the album is called More Than Love. Mr. Cooper, can you tell them all the places they can go out and go buy that album? More Than Love. Stop at Walmart, neighborhood Walmart and Walmart, first of all. They're the only ones that are being real loyal to try and Mm. keep the record on the shelf. Uh, Of course, Amazon.com and iTunes all day long. (laughs) That's what's going on. So, we're about to bring this thing to a close. Is there anything you would like to share with your fans before we wrap this up? Well, we know we know as far as the ATL and we know as far as the South in general that we exist only because of you. We want you to come out, first of all, and, and celebrate with us the existence of More Than Love, the existence of Confunction, old school, still alive, still kicking, still rocking. We want to tell you guys we love you face-to-face. We will cherish you face-to-face. And come out and see the rest of the guys out there because, man, Morris Day is doing his thing. He ain't missed a step. He ain't missed a step. Um, Lakeside will be out there, you know. And, of course, my, my boy... Uh, the Trotmans, yeah. I'm telling you, love them to death. You you love the show. Come on out, you guys, and have a ball with us and celebrate our existence. Because, you know, we, we ain't getting no younger. We still out here and we still doing our thing. But who knows? Let's come on out here and let's celebrate with us. We love you all. Thank you for buying every record you ever bought. Thank you so much. God bless. And God bless you too, Mr. Cooper. We genuinely, truly appreciate that. Thank you, Tanya. And everybody over at the Camney Group for getting down with us and sharing that with us. We learned some good information during that interview, huh? (laughs) 
Again, I want everybody, if you're in the Atlanta area, to please make sure that on Sunday, September the 6th, that's the Wolf Creek Funk Party. Make sure you come join Morris Day, come function, Lakeside, Zap. Doors will open at 5 p.m. instead of 7. Originally, it was, it was slated for 7. Doors will now open at 5 p.m. So make sure you get there. You know, you don't have to work the next day. Get out there and have a good time, man. I am excited to come to this show, man. It'll be the first time that I've ever seen Confunction get down. And I'm really looking forward to it. So <laughs> I can't wait. I want you guys to take what he said to heart. I think a lot of times in our community, we were, as we were talking about R&B music, I think the difference between our community and other communities is that they support and they buy. A lot of times we feel like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? They don't need the money. You know, why do they need to get richer? Well, I mean, they took all that time to go into the studio and to work to give you something, a soundtrack to your life. Support them. Sam Smith is gonna get support. Taylor Swift's audience is gonna buy. Justin Timberlake, come on, you already know what that is. Bruno Mars, all of those people. But you have good artists like Confunction, you got Tyrese, you got Tank. You have many R&B artists out there right now that's just not getting that light. Let's support them, man. I, I wholeheartedly agree with what he just said. Support people, man, because what ends up happening is after they're gone, then everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and go buy up all the music and everything. Man, support these people while they're alive. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. That's me jumping on my horse. Episode number 81 of Take It Out on the Groove is officially a wrap. I genuinely appreciate everybody who's been riding with us, getting down with us, being patient. I'll explain to you guys on episode number 82 why we've been kind of laying low for the last month, month and a half. Y'all know that's not like me not to put out shows, music and whatnot. But, you know, sometimes you got to fight politics. With that being said, I want everybody to make sure you go to theymightbetaping.net. Go there, check us out. See how we get down. Add it to your get down. <laughs> Again, I'm Daryl Ashurst. You can follow me at just go to theymightbetaping.net. Click that. Get down with us. Feel good about what we do as we feel good about you. I think I want to play one more song, man. That's why I'm kind of stalling. I was in my head like, man, what can I do? One more thing. One more thing. Fitting. Can you feel the groove tonight? On Take It Out on the Groove. See you guys this Sunday at Wolf Creek for the Wolf Creek Funk Party.
Thank you, bye.